the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So the fact that a person does wrong and receives discipline from the Lord is a good sign because it confirms that that individual is a child of God and therefore saved. If a person who claims to be a Christian continues in sin and does not receive discipline from God, they should consider that a very bad sign because it may indicate that they are not a child of God and therefore not saved. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout, and this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is wrapping up a series of messages he shared from the book of 1 Corinthians, and we begin today in chapter 11. The cup that had represented the blood of the Passover lamb smeared on the doorpost and littles now came to represent the blood of the Passover lamb of God shed, whose blood was shed for the salvation of the world. And so now we eat the bread and drink the cup not to remember the Red Sea or the Exodus, but to remember the cross and the Savior. Do this in remembrance of me was a command from the lips of the Lord himself. Therefore, partaking in communion is not an option for believers. We need to partake of communion on a regular basis. And to not partake is rebellion, disobedience, and sin. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we're to continue partaking of the Lord's Supper until Jesus Christ comes. So this is more than a remembrance for our sake, our own sakes. It's also a proclamation for the world. It's a testimony that we are not ashamed of the Lord and his blood, that we belong to him. Now, communion challenges us to open our eyes and to look. First, we look back. You know, it's the most remarkable thing that Jesus wants us to remember his death. Most of us don't like to think about the death of a loved one, but he tells us that we ought to remember his death. Why does he do that? It's because everything we have as Christians centers in that death. Under the old covenant, all we could do was come to God in fear because none of us could perfectly keep the law. But under the new covenant, we can come to God as Father And all of that was made possible because of Jesus' death. His teachings were wonderful. His life was wonderful. But it was his death that brought salvation. Because he paid for our sins as our substitute in his death. Paying the debt we could not pay. So first we look back. And then we look forward. Until he comes. The return of Jesus Christ is the blessed hope for all of us. Not only did he die, but he rose again. He ascended to the heaven, and one day he's going to come back and take us to be with him in heaven. 
Now, some of us have such a comfortable life here in this world, we think we're in heaven. But Christians around the world don't all have it with the peace and prosperity that we've, we enjoy. And I can guarantee you that I don't care how good you have it here, it's going to be way better in heaven. Amen? So we look back, we look forward, and third, we look within. Verse 27, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And that's why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Notice that Paul didn't say we have to be worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper, but we have to partake in a worthy manner. To treat the elements of communion irreverently is to treat irreverently the body and blood of Christ. To trample our nation's flag is not to dishonor a piece of cloth, but to dishonor the country it represents. To dishonor the communion is not to dishonor the ceremony but to dishonor the one in whose honor it is celebrated. The unworthiness consists of not discerning the Lord's body. That phrase can mean two things. It can be a reference to the literal body of Christ that was given on Calvary's cross. And it can also refer to the church. Because throughout Paul's writing, and in particular in 1 Corinthians, he talks about the body of Christ as representing the church. He's just talked about the church being injured by divisions and dissension. And so every person in whose heart there's a hatred or a bitterness or a contempt or an unforgiveness towards a brother ought not come to the table because they would be doing so unworthily. So the very nature of communion calls for introspection. That's why Paul says to examine ourselves. No one should partake of the Lord's Supper who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. No one should come to the table if they're drunk or angry or unrepentant of sin in their life. We ought to come repentant and humble before the Lord. And because some of these Corinthians had come unworthily into communion, Paul said, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many have died. Now there's two words here, and both are translated in English translations judge, but it's actually crino and katakrino. And the judgment that is he's speaking of here is disciplinary in nature, not eternal judgment. But it was a judgment that was severe enough that some were sick and others even died. And this underscores the seriousness of our communion experience. The phrase which forbids a person to eat or drink unworthily does not shut out a person who is a sinner and knows they are a sinner. In reality, none of us are worthy of partaking of communion. We are all sinners saved by grace. And so if we're to participate in a worthy manner, we must examine ourselves, we must judge our sins, we must confess them to the Lord. And if we don't judge our sins, then God will judge us. Verse 31 says, if we judged ourselves truly, we would not 
be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. What it says here is if we judge ourselves, we would not come under judgment. But when we are judged or chastened or disciplined by the Lord, and there's some great insights that we have about the Lord's discipline from Hebrews chapter 12, where it reads, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Hebrews chapter 12. So the fact that a person does wrong and receives discipline from the Lord is a good sign because it confirms that that individual is a child of God and therefore saved. If a person who claims to be a Christian continues in sin and does not receive discipline from God, they should consider that a very bad sign because it may indicate that they are not a child of God and therefore not saved. The Lord disciplines those he loves. God proves his love for us by chastening and disciplining us. And if we cooperate with that, he will transform us more and more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So first we look back, then we look forward. Third, we look within. And finally, we look around. Verse 33. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. And if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. And about the other things, I will give direction when I come. And so we're supposed to come together. When we come together for the Lord's Supper, we're supposed to pay attention to each other. Many of us are so used to just thinking about ourselves, we don't understand that that's part of being together in the Lord's Supper. We're not self-centered. We ought not be self-centered. So Paul, the apostle, has given us some instructions on how the Lord's Supper should be observed. It should be observed thoughtfully, because we are proclaiming that Christ died for our sins and is coming again. It should be taken worthily, with reverence and respect. We should examine ourselves for unconfessed sin, a resentful attitude towards other. And we should be considerate of others, waiting until everyone is present and served, and then join together in a unified manner. The realization that we are not worthy is the very position from which Christ welcomes us to his table. We are the guests of a host who has graciously invited us. Amen. If you have any questions, I'm here. I'd love to answer whatever questions you might have. We also have some wonderful people right across the way at Visitor Hospitality. I'd love to meet you and greet you. You've got questions about God, Jesus, salvation, the church, this church. They'd be happy to answer those questions. Lord, we're so very thankful for your word because it gives us instruction in everything that is important. And Lord, we're so thankful beyond words that you have saved us from our sin, that you have adopted us as your very own children. 
that you have given us a purpose in life and that you have given us hope when this life has run its course, that we're going to be with you and our loved ones for all eternity in a place we call heaven. Thank you, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. May you be glorified always. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go with God. Amen indeed. And with that, we wrap up this study in the book of 1 Corinthians, recently shared with the congregation by Pastor Leighton Sheely at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. On their website, highlands.us, you'll see a media link or a messages link, and that will give you the opportunity to go back into the archives and listen to past messages in this series and in other series. Again, that website is highlands.us, and please remember, we're a nonprofit outreach. We depend upon your financial support and, of course, your encouragement, which you can share with us when you click on the contact link or when you call the phone number at 650-873-4095. Have a great rest of your day. Come back tomorrow when we begin a new series and, once again, study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.